0: As has been happening over the past couple of live streams, the number of questions that we've received has been way in excess of the allowable time. So we, we don't do any sales pitches or anything like that. It's 100% QA and we just kind of do a hot stop after one hour. And I guess it's a testimony to how hungry people are for accurate information that we just receiving similar requests. So as a result, what I decided to do is go through some of the questions that we didn't have a chance to cover in the live stream and not give a definitive answer, but speak to the main issues that you should consider as you decide the best way forward and you engage your prepared tax advisors. Okay, so the second question that we have here is about the forced airship rules for someone who is. American living in Iberia, so either Spain or Portugal. So they they were asking, can you talk about it? And there's a follow-up part to that question about whether it makes a difference whether the person takes Iberian citizenship or not. Iberian being either citizenship in Spain or Portugal. So, first of all, I guess, just like in the U.S., in the U.S., the area of tax practice with the highest amount of litigation, i.e. I, the highest amount of disputes, is pro- arguably estate taxes. So, I think it's a fair comment to say that in, in Iberia, so in Spain and Portugal, it is quite similar. So, there is there will be quite a number of... Areas that are very, very nuanced, and therefore, you would definitely, definitely need to get expert advice, especially for higher, uh, higher net worth, higher in, uh, income earners, which would be typically the type of clients that would seek to engage in and to approach us. So, essentially, with Spain and Portugal, it, it's again this detail there. It's really available online if you have a look, but. There are rules as to succession. So if it is that you, you have assets and you, you pass away, particularly in cases where you pass away without a will, the law of laws of Spain and Portugal are very specific in terms of who gets what. And it's, and this whole idea of forced airship, as it's, it's commonly called, it's, it's a, it's characteristic of civil law jurisdictions. So continental Europe as opposed to common law jurisdictions such as the U.S. and U.K., Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and former colonies. But those for Americans who are from Louisiana, because of the unique history of Louisiana, there may be some familiarity with with some of these civil law concepts as we'll get into further on in this discussion when we start to talk about uh Anyway, different structures and different options. Anyway, but generally speaking, you need to be very careful when, you know, as part of your planning and as part of the move to to Spain and Portugal to understand how, you know, assets are to be distributed in the, you know, the unfortunate event of, of your demise. So in Spain, they set it out. So like one third, one third, one third. And... So one third goes to, you know, spouse and then some to the kids. And then there's discretion as to how the final third can be distributed. Now you can have a will that would to some extent modify the laws. But again, if there are, for example, kids that are left out, they have a valid basis for contesting your will. So again, it gets very, very nuanced. And the takeaway that I want you guys to, to, to have is that you need to get advice you know don't guess this one you really really need to have advice so what you're doing what you what we what we can do is perhaps use this as a segue into multi-jurisdictional estate planning by virtue of you know i guess being successful and having assets in multiple jurisdictions it comes in responsibility so don't assume that because you have a will in the U.S., it's valid for anything in Spain or, or Portugal. Don't assume that because you have a, a will in Spain, Portugal is valid for the U.S. But even in the U.S., I mean, as you know, each state has its own different rules. So you need to have estate plans that are tailor-made for the states in which you have assets in the U.S. And similarly, you have an estate plan that's tailor-made for, for Spain or, or Spain or Portugal, or depending on where you are, because we've had inquiries dealing with both. And the person who asked this question didn't, didn't specify whether they were in, or they were considering Spain or Portugal. So, I'm just speaking about Iberia in general. Now, uh so the, the most important thing is not to to proceed without proper planning. You need to get a will, you need to have a proper plan in place. So, I think that much is established. Now, the follow-up question is would would it make a difference? Because they were told by another advisor, this person is asking whether it makes a difference if they were to take on citizenship. Because after 10 years, you are in Spain, you are entitled to apply for citizenship in Spain. And in Portugal, you, know, you uh, I think it's after five years you can apply for permanent residency, and afterwards you can apply for citizenship. So let's say six years. So the answer is to answer to your question as to whether it makes a difference is potentially yes, because uh the rules are designed with uh, the nuances of domicile in mind. So, to some extent, it's not just tax residency, but domicile, which is a more nuanced topic, which we get into in some of the spaces. But prop passes a bit of overkill for this particular quick response. So, yes, it can make a difference, especially with Spain, where you would need to surrender your U.S. passport. Generally speaking, you would need to surrender your U.S. passport. To take on if you were to naturalize as a, a citizen in Spain, and then therefore you can't claim to be domiciled anywhere else. So it is. So the answer is yes. Potentially, it would impact your estate planning strategy, your, your multi-jurisdictional estate planning strategy, if it is that you were to take citizenship in 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 Iberia and Spain in particular. Where you have to surrender a U.S. passport, and then from a U.S. point of view, too. The, again, the estate law relies, on the state tax, the transfer taxes or the state tax, the transfer taxes law, which includes gift and estate taxes. Sorry. It, it's not entrenched. It's not codified. So what we do is we look at case law and there's a rich body of case law that's constantly evolving. And it speaks to the nuance of, of, of your domicile. Where, where's your place of habitual board? Where is, uh, where, you know, they look at intent plus deliberate action to determine whether it is even though you were living in Spain or Portugal it was always your intent to return to the US as opposed to those who really just cut ties and they said I'm leaving the U.S I'm never coming back that's it goodbye So yes it definitely definitely does have an impact seek advice from ID from a team that understands both jurisdictions, Otherwise, you'd have to get advice specific to Spain, advice specific to Portugal, and advice that is specific to the states in the U.S. in which you have assets or in which you are deemed to be domiciled. I hope this helps. So if you're a six-, seven-, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle